Welcome to season two, episode two of Sports Banter with Mr. Peanut. The polar bear. The loud polar bear. Yeah, that's right. Season two, man. Got my vest on. Can I'm you believe that, to go. actually? Season two. You know what's funny? It's been a year. It's been a fucking year, dude. Wow. I mean, holy shit. We've done, we've survived a pandemic. <laughs> this podcast. Hey, that's fucking right. But I mean, wow, that's pretty awesome. I, I what started as a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends. <laughs> no, man, we are moving onward and upward. That's right. And we got a lot to discuss today. We're starting where always. we started. Yeah, exactly. Great. This oh. is every time we get closer to the playoff weekend. I'm like, oh, this is like kind of when we started. That's it. right. That's right. Got but, into a huge Jersey Mike's argument last correct. year. <laughs> If we get closer to the Super Bowl, we'll divulge into what <laughs> food is acceptable and unacceptable. That's fucking right. But until then, let's dive into week 17 of the NFL, which, look, now we're kind of sad because the football season's, you know, coming to a close, which sucks. God, it sucks. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about well, Bucks, Jets, and what oh, am I going to talk about? There it is. The bomb. Antonio Brown, where do you even begin? I mean, let's let's. I'd love to. Oh yeah, I have a lot. <laughs> I can there's, see your mind. There's a working. lot. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> I mean, do you want to start? How do we want to? How do we want? Oh, let's yeah. let lay out what happened and That's then let's exactly, go. That's exactly. See, you're starting to understand how uh, I operate. Oh, you're yeah. starting to Finally, understand me. Took yeah. me a year. It only took, it took a year. Took a full season of <laughs> being forced to be in a room and talk to each other. Um, so this is my, what I've, I did some research, did some Twitter research, saw some videos. Oh, Twitter. Saw, oh, Twitter knows everything in the moment. Oh, I know. not As far as like, you know, I'm not looking at the opinions, but I'm looking at like the, the content. The data. Bit, yeah. Give me the data, don't need your, you know. The data or the data? The data. <laughs> I'll take the data. <laughs> All right. I thought you might let me go with that. Absolutely not. Yeah, and that's fair. Well, I'm not letting that's you go. Fair. That's fair. I love it. Um, so... The third quarter, I believe. Oh, Jesus Christ. And Antonio Brown, the two minutes left, and they're losing to the Jets, which is what I originally thought the problem was, which, I mean, wouldn't would make sense in itself. But uh-huh. so third quarter, Antonio Brown takes off his shoulder pads, takes off his shirt, takes off his gloves, and runs out of the stadium. I mean... During I mean, the makes game, a show dur- of it. during the game, makes a show of his which exit. is, I mean, I don't. I, <laughs> oh no! Every, words. Everyone has said, like, they've never seen that at any level. Like that's what the commentators have always said, and I'm like, yeah, I've never seen that in any sport ever of a guy just like, no, I quit during the game. That's like not even in like a pickup game in my backyard has has that ever happened where it's like, no, I quit in like the third inning if it was wiffle ball. Um... So he got cut, and this is after the vaccination card disaster, or he faked it, or whatever, you know. Who knows if he's vaccinated or not, but he he said he was, (laughs) and then he got suspended. Antonio Brown is a loose cannon, but I... Another side of me is, like, I don't don't think that guy's, like, mentally all there. Like, I really don't think that. And I don't want to put that... Like, I don't know, so I'm just speculating. But it's just, like, that's not normal human behavior. Maybe he's not a normal human, but 
if there is something wrong with him, then I feel bad that he's getting a lot of shit because it's like, well, he might not know what's going on. Because that, to me, is very bizarre behavior. Polar bear. All right. Well, uh, watching the game, I was like, what the hell is happening? (laughs) Everybody was, like, cheering, and I'm going, do you guys not understand that a player is taking his shit off in the middle of a game? Like, I don't get that. That was, I was totally caught (laughs) off guard with that. Um, I do think that Antonio Brown has a couple of, like, screws loose in a sense of, the way he acts, if he's got, like, issues outside of, like, football that's affecting his mental capacity, I, I hope the gentleman gets her, uh, help. But, um, and yes, he's cut from the Bucks and things like that. But after all of this whole situation had, had come out, there had been information that everybody had said that there's now a story where he told the team that he was he personally didn't feel that his ankle was healthy enough mm-hmm. to play which I've actually thought about this and talked about this a lot and I I don't know these conversations in the NFL I really don't but I am I'm under the impression that there is or is not a conversation that's being had with the player and the team about how they feel to play. I don't know. You're talking what, in the moment or before the game? In the moment, before the game. Because you, the thing is, is to suit up, you have to be essentially cleared by the medical staff of the team to, to be on the sideline and to suit up. I'm fairly certain that's the rule. You have to be cleared to play. So with that being said, he was cleared to play being evaluated or not by their team doctor. But was there a conversation prior to the game with the organization saying, I may be cleared by the doctor, but I personally do not feel. Well, take it a step further. And it's like, even if he was like, yeah, I'm good to go. Like if something happened in the game where you tweak your ankle, I mean, then that conversation changes, right? Yeah, I completely agree. Like I'm, I'm, I want to get, I want to gain a better understanding of the events leading up to the game because that to me, whether that's a false or true statement to cover himself, where is, where, when, how? I mean, we saw all the shit that Odell went with the Raiders. We saw all the shit that he had gone through personally and things like that. I mean, Antonio? Anto- what did I say? Odell. Oh, sorry. Antonio, my bad. <laughs> yeah, um, but, yes. but you get what I'm saying? Yes. Like, he, all the shit that went through with him at the, with the Raiders, like, we got to see a personal, you know, a viewpoint of that. So the situation on the field, that was fucking mind boggling. I don't know what the hell is going on. Very confusing for sure. Exactly. And I agree. I don't think I've ever seen a player actually quit in the middle of a game. Regardless. Like even let's say he was hurt and he's like, no, I don't don't feel comfortable going in. Like 99.9% of people would just like, don't go in and like stay on the bench or something. Yeah. But they don't do what he did. But, um, what confuses me is like there is kind of the two stories of like this is Bruce Arians story and this is AB's story, which obviously you'd lean toward Bruce Arians telling the truth in that respect. But I don't know. It's kind of odd. Like if a guy says he's too hurt and you're like, get your ass in there. It's like, well, that's kind of a problem in itself too. Um, to me, if, that's, if that is the – and I'm not calling anyone a liar at this point because I'm not a part of the conversation. I don't know. 
You're not? I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan of the sport. Yeah. But if that, what you just said, if like a coach or wh- whomever says you need to get in and you don't feel healthy right. enough to yeah. play, that is a huge, that is a huge case of worms with yeah. the NFL. And the Players Association, right. just based off of Antonio Brown's comments, the Players Association is going to start an investigation with this. For sure. And it's going to turn into a whole fucking thing. And again, I've, I've always been under this impression because it's not talked about. I don't know what type of conversations are being had with the coaching staff or the front office going, look, like, I've, I just, I, I fucked my ankle up last week. I, I don't, I don't feel enough to play that. Now, I think you and I have a sense of the competitiveness of us would push us through and say we want to play unless we were totally, like, yeah. you know, in a debilitating situation, mm-hmm. but... I don't know. I don't know what those conversations are. I think that's more of like a personal opinion with yourself, but who knows, right? Like, who hey, the hell knows? Yeah, and I don't know. I think we're getting and, a little. Yeah. Anyway, had to bring up the AB deal. But the funny thing was, the Jets were winning that game, should have won Holy that game. Fuck, dude. And of course, Tom Brady throws a pass to the sideline. The Jets defender is out of position. Touchdown, Bucks. They win the game without AB. And I mean, it's just like typical Jets, number one, of you can't finish the game. You've been ahead the whole game. And another thing about the Jets is like every like six weeks, they'll just like come out and play a great game versus a good team. And then they go back to being like yeah. this awful team. So the Bucks end up winning that game amidst all this shit. Um, I think that was the top story of the weekend. I think what's crazy is there's so many people that are coming out of like the woodwork now and saying like, yeah, Ode- Odell's a P- uh, Odell again. Antonio's a piece of shit, like, things like that. It's like, you know what? The guy, to me, I think he's a great wide receiver. I think his off-field issues is something that you have to address as a team. And to me, I think last year, Bruce Arians had that under control. And, you know, this year, whatever happened, happened. Mm -hmm. But I'll be honest, if I'm a quarterback and I want to win something like a Super Bowl like the Bucs did... I want Antonio Brown on my team. Yeah, he's, good. What, he's, he's a great player. What, he's got like, how long has he been in the league? Like seven, eight years, nine years now? It seems like a long time. Yeah, I mean, dude, the guy is, he's in, I, I'm, I'm saying nine years, I don't know the exact date, but like, he's a veteran within the league. A lot of times for wide receivers, they start to trickle down. To me, I think he's gotten better. Yeah, and, I agree. And, I don't know. But I'm going to cut you there. Yeah, we got there, more, more shit fuck, to there's talk a about. lot of shit to talk about. <laughs> um... We might we have to apologize to the Cincinnati Bengals. We have to do that because we said they were a four one team, and we were completely incorrect. Uh, they just clinched the division in Cincinnati last weekend by taking down the Chiefs in one of the most exciting games I've seen all year. The Chiefs suck. Wow. Fuck them. <laughs> That that shocked me. I didn't know they where to made go. Me with lo- that. Patrick Mahomes made me lose. Oh, it's a fantasy two, thing. Two it's, of it's my fantasy, fantasy hatred. Two okay. of my fantasy teams. But sack of shit. Couple things in this game. Now his brother, fuck him too. But <laughs> couple things in this game. Uh, Burrow and Jamar Chase. That connection that we've been talking about is phenomenal. I mean, more there's teams something, are going to start doing. Oh, that for sure. I need the Bears to get somebody from Ohio State. That was immediately where my head Mine's went. went. Based yeah. on how the Rose Bowl went, too. And those guys, a couple of those guys went off. Yeah. Um, and how Jamar Chase and Burrow are playing together. 
So Chase got 11 catches, like 266 yards, and like three touchdowns. Um, I mean, astronomical numbers. Exceptional. Um, so that's one side of it. Bengals, I apologize. I was incorrect. Hey, hand up. I was wrong. I thought the division would look much different. But they clinched the division. But did you see the end of the game? Did you? I don't think so. Fourth and goal. Um, <laughs> and the Bengals could kick no, a field goal to go ahead. Thirty-one. It's 31 all. And the Bengals could kick a field goal to go ahead. And they decide to go for it instead of, like, giving the ball oh, back. Okay, yeah, and, like, yeah, let's, yeah. Get, let's get a touchdown to not, you know, event, like, essentially they wanted to score to get the most points they could yeah. when they give the ball back, which I was like, wow. What an incredibly ballsy move, which is, like, we're going to go for this touchdown or we're going to go to overtime and, like, we're okay with that. So what do you – I mean, do you like that move? First I love and foremost? that move. Get, I've never seen anything like that. Get the most points on the board. And if you already know that you're going to go into overtime, accept the fate, right? Oh, you're going to have to accept the fate for sure. Yeah, um, but it's, okay, it's... It, I don't know. That's, it's a, I don't hate the move at all. I'm not saying I don't like it. But, I mean, with everything on the line of... you If you win this game, you clinch a division, you make the playoffs... Um, I don't. It's just it's a really risky move to go for it on fourth down when you have basically an automatic three point. Now before you have we confidence get, in your offense as of a coach, course. yeah. Okay, and that, that offense is great. There you go. That's to me that that dictates my decision. It's a winning move, and it probably won him a lot of collateral within the locker room too. Yeah, but if I'm think about it, right? Like yeah, no, it worked out too, which makes it even better. But this is how it worked out. You fourth do that down, with Justin Fields. Would I do that with the Bears? No. We there can't. you go. That's exactly <laughs> it, right? Like, if I have confidence, confidence well, and and trust in my boys. Well, don't bring the Bears up on fourth. No, down. but I'm but I'm asking the question, right? Like, you just yeah, no, it worked for them. But so this is how it worked though, which was even more bizarre. Because like the call is already bizarre. You're gonna go for it. You're and I'm like I'm like are they point. insane? Like <laughs> no team does this. Um. So they go from fourth down. I think there was a false start. And I'm like, all right, well, they're going to kick it now. No, they still go out there on fourth down. I'm like, this is egregious. This I, is, my my brain is melting. This is I don't a know what's going on. Yeah. Right like, here. this is like me and Madden. Like, oh, I don't care. Like, I'm no. playing my brother. Okay. I'm going to get a fucking first down. I'm here. better than you. So then they go back out, and I'm like, this is insane. But I'm like, okay. But I do kind of get it, the overtime thing. Like, they're on the other side of the field. Um, and if you score, you score. So then they throw the pa- they run the play from the six, and they get a, like, DPI or holding or something. Okay. And that gives them a first down. Now they can wind the clock all the way down, kick the field goal. That's how they won the game. They didn't actually score, like, on that position. <laughs> It, it was insane. In their favor. It did. Their risk. It did, and it was you know it it took the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands just the, the sheer aggressiveness of that move. So I don't know. I've been kind of talking in circles about it, but it was uh, just an incredible move to get you the division title. And uh, well, with we'll how see the Bengals in the playoffs, how horrible the fucking Chiefs play. It was the good move. <laughs> well, I mean, they were right in it. What's your Chiefs deal? Patrick Mahomes. Fucking guy. 
<laughs> is it fantasy related? Or? It's fantasy related. Okay. Totally. And you know, I, I just think I don't, I don't think he's done as well as people have wanted him to do this year, or that has been put expectation wise on him, and you know is. Yeah. Just over the Patrick <laughs> Mahomes side. There you go. Look at my my demeanor Fair is even enough. Deflated. Yeah, you're very calm and yeah. like whatever about it. You know why? That's because you are shunned. Well, let's <laughs> jump right let into me that. start this. Yeah, start it off for the bullshit Browns. Yeah. Well, also Big Ben's last game was a Steeler. So I mean, pretty pretty sure the way he reacted. Um. Can't really pretty awful it. game, honestly. Like, yeah, if you just watch him from the side. It was a horrible Monday night game. But what, you know, McCarl's been saying since when the podcast started. Yeah, and prior to that. Which the <laughs> Browns were already, they were in the playoffs last year. So it made the conversation a little different. But, my God, has you been, like, what's the feeling of vindication right now? Baker Mayfield's no good. Oh, it feels great. It's a good. I mean, he has sunk to a uh, like guttural low. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> from where injury but, or not, from where we were last year to like that team's pretty good and like they gave the Chiefs everything they could to get to the AFC Championship. I think to where they are now, or that game was awful. I mean, at one point it was like he was four for fifteen. I could throw out the awful stats, but if you watch the game, you saw how awful it was. I mean, there, this is this is my this is my thing. It was like within the first quarter, and I'm watching him fucking throw a ball on third down, and the play calling aside, oh, like let's not get there, but it gets batted. <laughs> it's get it gets batted down, and his demeanor just is like, meh. like, I guess I'm expected to do that. So, mm. like, dude, he's over to me. This season has killed Baker Mayfield on his love, quote unquote, for football. I think, well, I think he's out of Cleveland for sure. I fuck think, yeah, fuck I that think, guy. I would never have him. Aside on from team. the story he told me, off uh, recording, which like some Browns fan is still in on Baker Mayfield. I think he's just shocked by how awful the season's been. Oh but, yeah, the fan had the, the audacity to tell me that it was the play calling, and yeah, that is a factor. <laughs> but you know what, Baker is your problem. Oh yeah, I'm on that side completely. I mean, I if you watch the game, it's very cut and dry. Here's a here's a here's a fucking fact. Look at how well Odell is doing. Yeah. With the Rams, look at how shitty he's done with the Browns. You had a golden egg sitting in your lap, and you fucked it with Baker because he mm-hmm. is not. He is not a Joe Burrow. He's not correct. He's not, no, he's and he not. never he never will be, and he. I hope he never does. I hope he's never a starter again. Uh, I think his, I think he is one year left in Cleveland, so he'll be there for that unless they cut him. But after that, I, I've already seen the turn of Browns fans be like, all right, I think that's over. And rightfully so. And, you know, it stems from whether, like you said, whether it's injury or not, like if you're that injured, then don't play because your play sure. is being affected for sure. Um, and you're you know, injuring and you're, your team's success. Exactly. Well, that's exactly what I was just about to say. Yeah. It's like you're putting your team in a bad spot if that's the case. And they miss the playoffs with all that momentum and expectations. And can they just hand the ball off to Nick Chubb? I don't understand. 
I just don't get it. Like, they put Dernis Johnson in all the time, too. And Chubbs is sitting on the sideline. I'm like, your best player is not on the field. And know. you're not feeding the beast. I don't know. But this that, is that's my why thing. you miss playoffs. This is my thing. Is What's fucked now is... Whether they keep Baker for one more year or whatever, now the Browns have to figure out what they have on their team and trades and, and pick-wise oh, of it's a how mess. to develop. It's a mess again, exactly. How, exactly. How do, how do you develop your team? Like You were already supposed to be there. You were already supposed yeah. to be at the place where you didn't have to do that. And now it's like, oh, we don't have a quarterback again. Even though they'll try next... Like, I'm sure Mayfield will be back next year. And, you know, I would expect similar results. Unless... I mean, they were injured a lot. Like, I'm talking Hunt and Chubb. And the COVID stuff. But everyone has to deal with that. Um, I could see But, like, them... you're saying... Uh, in terms of, like, having to move stuff around. Like, it's going to be a weird offseason for them. It's going to be... It's a it's a headache thinking about yeah. for the Browns, and I'm not even a Browns fan, but as like a as a football fan, it's I a, now yeah. know, <laughs> I now understand that they have so much shit to go through. Like, do you make a package deal with a team? Like, okay, who needs a running back? Who needs two running backs? Okay, we make that package deal. I'll give you Chubb and Kareem. Like, you there. Because those are your assets that you can get something back for. Yeah, you had an asset with Odell. I mean, fuck. Like, it, it, I just... Yeah. The, the Browns are fucked. And if you keep Baker, you're even more fucked. Whatever, 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 whatever. All right. Give well, me shit about trying to, you know, stay warm. Just... That's fu- <laughs> that's true. It's been cold, a little bit chilly. But, you know, the polar bear's been chilling. It's my yeah, kind of, it's, well, my you're kind very of weather, goddammit. Yeah. Um, but this Sunday... Or is it a Saturday game? Sunday. Sunday game... I think it's, I think it's going to be the most watched game in the NFL just based off of a couple of things, and that what we're talking about is the Charger Raiders. Oh, can't and this is a play to you win, you're in. There we go. That's what I want to hear. And one, I mean, talk about rivalries in, in the NFL. The Chargers best. and Raiders is always a chippy game, and you know, as. I mean, myself as an ex-Charger fan. I will always hate the Raiders. I will always hate the Raiders. I, fuck. I mean, but I mean, look at this game, right? Like, it's gonna be awesome. This game. Look, let's just look at both teams, right? You know, the Raiders. I mean, God bless them. They've Good fought Lord, through their. Yeah. They have fought through adversity this season. <laughs> And they are the definition of fighting through adversity. I mean, they don't I even mean, have a head coach, and look never, where they've gotten. That never, is never huge. seen a team go through that many awful things in one season. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's exceptional. So credit to them. Credit to them. You know, that's the only time we'll give the Raiders credit. Yeah. Now, me, the horrible person I am, I hate the Chargers, <laughs> but well, I'm not a Charger fan either. But it's this game. I mean, I have no dog in the fight. Really don't. I would rather have Chargers win than Raiders. I 100%. would rather have the Chargers based off of. I don't want the Raiders. To... No, I agree with yeah. you. I don't like anyone on the Raiders. I don't like the Raiders. Um, but I'm saying from like Josh Kilmer's hating us right from, now because he's okay. a huge hey, Raider Kilmer, fan. Kilmer, look, I gotta do what I gotta do, man, and you gotta do yeah. what you gotta do, and that's um, fine. I do like <laughs> Justin Herbert. I do like Justin Herbert, and. I'm and you know if you've listened to a couple episodes, I've kind of flip flopped on Justin Herbert. I think, 
I need like one more season with him to really get an understanding of um, what, how the Chargers are going to push through with him. This is the dichotomy I have with the Chargers organization. Through what we've been through as San Diegans, I love the players on the team. Love the players on the team. I, Derwin James, one of the best safeties in the NFL, plays with his ass on fire. Joey Bosa, sack machine. Eckler, just a small old buff dude. I like that. Keenan I've Allen. I've always liked Austin Eckler. Like he's just Keenan Allen. Awesome. Uh Mike Williams is good when he's healthy, which is rare. And I like Justin Herbert. So like I like what they've built and I like the head coach too that they have. He's an awesome motivator and I like just the the vibe you bring. I post it on our story all the mm-hmm. time. He's a lot of good mic'd up moments. We're um, prefacing this. We like the players, not the organization. I, but I can't have them win it all because then Spanos wins it all. So that's the, like, I don't tear. see it that way. I, I do. Because if really? like if they win it, then that is a lot of opportunity and money for him. But that's me. Oh, I don't Anyways, even Anyways, in this there. specific game, always, always Chargers over Raiders due to our childhood and the... Chargers always beating the shit out of the Raiders, pretty much. Um, no, I don't want to see the Raiders, you know, beat down the Chargers. I don't want to see the Raiders win. I I like the Raiders organization history. Because, you know me, the polar bear likes anything yes. sport yes, history related. <laughs> and I love that. They I love Al Davis. I love the Davis family. And what... Not the best looking cat. But... No, but you know what? <laughs> If you listen to what ex-players have said about the Davis family in regards to that, that's why I like the Raiders in that sense. That's more of a football fan at that point. But, no, I I will say, and I'm under the same uh, umbrella as yourself with the Chargers, is I love the players. I I do like the coach, too. Young guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a defensive-minded guy, too, which is – He's tipping the cap to Mr. Peanut here, huge defensive guy. And you know what? Really, actually, uh, I really like this. I, I don't know who said it. I don't know where the sound bit was, but there was a small clip that I saw just going through social media where one of the players went up to the head coach on the Chargers and said, we're playing for that you. That was today. Posted that today. Oh, it, it may yeah. have been on Sports Banter. Uh, again, the, that was Derwin James, and yeah, go ahead. For, to have players say that at, in, in, at any level, whether mic'd up or not mic'd up, as a coach or and as a, to me, as like a general manager of the team, and I hear a player say that, whether it was after a win, whatever time it was, that right there gives you the confidence to say that this team is trusting me. Mm-hmm. And in the NFL, I think that is exceptionally hard because these Men are here for one thing with two things get shit done and get paid. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've kind of talked about how you know, making that pivot into saying we are now making a team here that mm-hmm. that that has that has this the seeds, if you will, or the roots of a team that's gonna grow, which 100%. It, it, thought that was very well articulated. Yeah, it just... Dude, that's... I love that. I love yeah. that aspect of that. I think that's probably why I like the team and him. Is because of exactly all that, and I can see that. 
Yeah, because as not, football players yeah. and fans, we love that. And Chargers teams in the past have not been like that, where it's been like we have good players and we should win the game, but we don't. Um, and I'm saying we, as a previous, when I did like them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's different now where it's like we're going to come together yes. and try to win this thing. And he's very aggressive-minded, too, on going forward on fourth down, which I think they like, too, because they're like, this is our identity. Yes. So I think a lot of stuff is like out in the open. is like, this is who we are. This is who we want to be. This is how we want to act. This is how we want to be with each other. Yes, I agree And I that. really like that. Um, going to the matchup, I think it's going to be such an awesome game. I think it's going to be really close. And it's going to stem on two things. And it's really how Derek Carr is going to play and how Herbert's going to play. Because if Herbert comes out and, you know, if that offense is rolling, it's a hard team to beat. But the same is it's the same for the Raiders, too. You know, it's funny you say that because now that I'm thinking about it, it, they're very evenly matched. Yeah, it seems like kind of a similar style of play. Yeah, like, that's a the great... The Bears went into Las Vegas and beat a Raiders team. And the Bears are not very good. So it's like that Raiders team, if they show up, Chargers are going to handle them. But then the Chargers go into Houston, who have won like three games this year, and they get they lose. So it's like there's this who's going to show up on Sunday yeah. night and yeah, with that's... everything on the line. Um, two coaches who are, well, the Raiders interim coach is, you know, he's been coaching forever, but he's never been the head dog yeah. in it. And, you know, the rookie coach for the Chargers. So even that's a unique situation. So I don't know if anyone really has the advantage other than just pure home field, which I think in Vegas it's going to be pretty you know heavy Raiders, obviously, but it's still Vegas where yeah. it's going to be probably represented both sides. I agree with Depending that. on how the black hole turns out. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I think it's going to be – I think it will come down to the final possession one way or the other. Don't know who's going to be ahead. Don't know who needs the point or whatever. Might be looking at OT, but I'm feeling like it's that kind of game. I don't see a blowout or, um, you know, barring any injury or something awful like that. I want to see two hard-nosed teams go at it. Who's better? And then we have uh, with the – uh, L.A. Rams, we have Cooper Cup in that MVP conversation. And, you know, for me, I think those are two great guys that deserve to be in that MVP race. I mean, Cooper Cup has had an exceptional season. Yeah, well, I mean... Blowing the doors off of records and... It's crazy. It's having exactly. a crazy year. And then quarterbacks, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers, which, again, great season, what he's done with the... Packers is exceptional, but something that I want to talk about, and I'd love to know your opinion on it, is I think someone that is getting kind of snuffed, in my mind, is Matthew Stafford. I mean, for him to show up and do as well as he's done with the Rams, I mean, dude, he went from one team to another, and look where the Rams are at. Now, it's not all off of Matthew Stafford, I don't want to say that, but is that a part of a conversation? I, I mean, what, what do I you agree, think? but my immediate thought was, do you think he's had a better year than Aaron Rodgers? Uh, no, I don't. So that so, would be my... But I think... But for, get him in the conversation, as, though, as far as right? Conversation, That's what I'm yeah. saying. Is Conversation, for sure. Should he win it? I don't think so. But to your point, as far as, like, uh, has he made a complete difference of the L.A. Rams? Like, 100%. I yeah. mean, we've seen... I mean, we don't even know. We don't even remember or talk about what Jared Goff 
uh, that team looked like. It wasn't great. No. And they were still winning games, but that just shows what the Rams were missing, and that was Matt Stafford. Can he push them? Or a quarterback better than Jared Goff. Right. You know? But it just so happened that they traded for Stafford. Exactly. And then he needed a way out and to you know rejuvenate his career. And I think he's done a tremendous job. Stayed healthy, which was huge. Yep. I think that's what we talked about at the beginning of the year, where I was like, I like him, but I don't know if he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Stayed healthy, which obviously is a difference when you go from Detroit's offensive line, which is probably different every year, to the Rams' offensive line, which yeah. either scheme-wise or people that have been there for a while. It's a completely different thing. So Matt Stafford going from Detroit to L.A., being in that type of system has been awesome for him. It's been awesome for Cooper Cup because, I mean, I think your point is Cooper Cup doesn't get those numbers without Matt Stafford. To a degree, I completely agree. I mean, obviously he's a guy who throws the ball, um, but Cooper Cup obviously is still talented in his own right. He's got to get open, whatever. Um, But, you know, it, it should really be... You talked about, like, the partnership of those two, I think, is what... You know, it's like Devonta Adams and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they're talked about in the same light, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think those are two of the top teams in the NFC. I think it's Bucks, Rams, and Packers. Like, that's the top three. I agree And then we'll see who the other team is that comes in, presumably, to play one of those. And, like, that's the top four. Which also shapes up for an awesome playoff run that we're going to see. Because, I mean... The Packers, Rams, or Bucks, I feel like they any one of those could win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, and it's going to come down to health, and the Packers have home field advantage, so that's going to be a big thing. You know, Lambeau's a tough place to play. Rodgers at home. They're undefeated at home this year. Out of those three teams, Rams, Bucks, and Packers, who would you want to see? Play against each other? Well, play against each other, but who would you want to see win the Super Bowl? Uh, I uh, kick you know. kick the Rodgers and the Packers <laughs> hey, out of the way. I, it's tough. That's tough because that's deep. I know. It's deeply I know. rooted. It's, like, it's always too, I can't, it's all I the can't, way to your toes. I, I can't say the Packers. Like okay. I, if it was to happen, it's like I have, look. I wash my hands with it. I have no. I can't stop it. But, so in a sense, and I would be like, that's a good. They had a good year. Like congrats. They had a great year. Mm-hmm. And Rodgers is a legendary quarterback. Fine. But I can't sit here and say, I want the Packers. That's, no. Put it in a one, two, three category. How about that? We know the Packers are going to be three. I mean, Brady's won a million times, too. So, what I would like to see, I mean, I would like any sort of combination of those uh, teams playing each other in the NFC Championship. I think the Packers playing the Bucks for the rematch of the NFC Championship again in Lambeau would be awesome. Uh Um, Because, I mean, Brady versus Rodgers, a little redemption there, a little revenge there. That's an awesome game to watch. Uh, Rams, Packers, Rams, but I mean, you can't go wrong, really. No, you can't. That's that's good football. Like those are three good quarterbacks. You're gonna see good football in yes. those games. Probably the best game would be Bucks Packers because we've already seen the Bucks go in there when, even if it was COVID times or whatever, like you still got to go and do it. And it's Brady who's not gonna, you know, shy away from any no. situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as MVP race, I I would like to see Cooper Cup, actually, because I think it's such a, and this is like, not even really about the numbers, but his numbers are phenomenal, so they do back me up, 
But I think we've just been so like focused on the quarterback yes. has to be. It's a quarterback's I, I knew award. Where you were going? And yeah, I completely agree. It's a quarterback's award, and I don't under. It's like, can we? There's other people on the field. You know what I mean? Yes. I would love to see a defensive guy win too. It's like, how many sacks do you have to have to like T.J. Watts going for the record, like on Sunday? And that I I guess that and that's not even talked about. That ad. <laughs> It adds another question. Why is that not talked about in the MVP race? And and, and it, it, it... Oh, I have a lot here. It fucking kills me because there's multiple people on the field. And not one person is... Not one position is an MVP. That's, that's right. my big thing. It's not one position that's an MVP. It's... I, I, you brought it up, TJ Watt. I mean, come on, man. At least get him in the one sacks. Get him in the room. He's not even in the room. <laughs> He's not even in the room. Like he Cooper comes barely in the room. He had to break like four records to do it. Yeah, and I. And that's where like people bring up, well, blah blah blah. It's like no, that. But I think that's what the NFL wants the narrative to be in, like, in terms of like fuck that growing the, and like. I, like growing the game or like that's what they want people to focus on is the offense that's what we see so many damn defensive penalties but like in in that same right it's like for a guy like tj watt from harper on because he's about to set the single season sack record and he's only played in like 12 or 14 games i think so he hasn't even played a full season so don't give me that extra game bullshit that's not it um for all these penalties that are called on defense for a guy on defense to still be Potentially breaking the record. I mean, that's phenomenal. Or Trayvon Diggs. I mean, he's got eleven picks. You can't even touch a guy on defense. Lawrence, Those guys don't even talk about. It, it, Lawrence Taylor wins the MVP with what T.J. Watt's doing. Right. Yes or no? I think so. Yeah. Well, in, are you saying in that era? Yeah. Or, yeah. And that's that's what's fucking crazy is when I guess we want to know in my mind like when did that shift happen and furthermore. Why now is there this just narrative like, of oh, it's gotta be a quarterback. the quarterback. It yeah. has to be a quarterback. That's such bullshit. And like to that point, I mean, Trayvon Diggs on the Cowboys has 11 picks. Like, is that just like, oh, he's got 11 picks? Like, that must be easy. Good job. Like, 11 picks so what, in one year is incredible. What is it? So I guess what they... Kid me? So what, do you file that to just defensive player of the year? Like that, yeah. To I me, I, it must be. Yeah. To me, that's how it is. It's we're just gonna file that into yeah. well, TJ Watt and Diggs are gonna be. You know what? They're gonna Do be. Do you know how fucking awesome that would be if they came out and gave a defensive player the MVP? Like, how many real football fans like you and I would be like, yes, finally, give, finally, give you, some credit to somebody else. You guys are actually watching the fucking games, right? Like that's exactly. my thing. Is you're you're observing. An exceptional athlete making plays for his team and making an impact on the NFL. It, 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 I come mean, on, it should man. be cut and dry like that. Where if you're making plays for your team, which look, defense is a huge part of the game. You know what I mean? If you got a guy who's got twenty one plus sacks on your side, like that's gonna make a huge difference. At some point of the game, could lead to a strip sack, could lead to a touchdown. Could lead to you getting the ball on or turnover on downs and you get the ball on like another team's 10. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes and, you know, the interception with digs too. Why? There's so many things that can change the game. It doesn't have to be the guy that is standing under center because, like, that, that's what you want the, 
the make kids it a quarterback award. Right. Make yeah, it just make best it a quarterback, quarterback Just do it like that. Make but it don't a quarterback say it's the MVP. Award. It's not the MVP. I think that's what you and I are trying to funnel this down to is a quarterback is not automatically an MVP. And it's bullshit that the NFL has this narrative now of a sense of, the like you said, a quarterback has to be the MVP. And he he's the leader of the team. Right. Not, all, not, not, not all the time. Not always, yeah. yeah. And my you know I think they push that on quarterbacks like you're the you are the fucking leader. Yeah. And you have to do this. Well you're you're a leader by default because you're the quarterback, but that doesn't mean like you're the guy on the team. Could be anybody. No. Uh it's just whoever they respect the most. And I'm not saying that the quarterbacks that are on that list of MVPs don't have the like the stats or mm-hmm. they haven't had the year to win the MVP, but it's like, let's divvy up the participants a little more. Like you don't need five quarterbacks in Cooper cup. Like that's just weird to me. It's like we have five quarterbacks where like only one team's going to win it. But that, I guess that where, I guess that draws another question is are the individuals that are voting for the MVP candidate fo- fixated on one thing? I think absolutely. And that's, I think that's the thing. why and it's been years and years of this of like, hey, are the defenders ever gonna get any type of love no matter what type of year they have? And I think the answer is right now is no. So and that kind of goes back to what you and I were talking about is I don't think people we were having this conversation off off air, but I don't think we have issues with commentators. I don't think commentators are actually watching games. They're watching the results of the game. And that's where this issue is, is you're not, are you actually watching what TJ Watt is doing against a 350 pound offensive lineman? Are you watching that? Are you watching him succeed or are you seeing just the results? And that's, I think that's where that, that kind of, in my mind, as a per, this is a personal thing with the polar bear. That's where that disparity is. You're, you're seeing, oh, they're throwing this, they're throwing that, yeah. which is great accolades for a person, for a quarterback, which is great. But to have 21 sacks against blah, 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 blah. Or to have 11 interceptions against blah, 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 blah. Playing this position while also covering the guy. I mean, are you yeah. watching the... Can't touch him. Exactly. Are you watching the... Again, completely agree. You, you, you are, as a defender, you're under so much restriction yeah. to not play the game that you've been taught. I mean, it just... It's astronomically... Again, That's I guess that's my thing, is... Are the people that are voting for the MVP candidate, are they watching the game or are they just watching the results? I think you make, like, that's the best point I've heard about it. Because in the box score, you see, oh, like, 330 yards, three touchdowns. Like, oh, what a game. But if, you, like, you peer down and you see, like, two interceptions, it's like, oh, like, two. Two of something. And then you just kind of peer away. When really it's, like, two interceptions <laughs> in one NFL game. It's that's hard incredible. as fuck. <laughs> or, like, three sacks or two sacks or whatever. It's, like... The stats need to be looked at in a similar light, like you're saying. And, um, you know, it's whether it's just people that have played the game that understand it a little deeper. Um, I mean, there's just so many intangibles that go into an MVP rather than just yeah. the guy that throws to the open receiver. And, like, I don't want to downgrade quarterbacks that are good because I come from a franchise that has never had one. But I'm just saying let's open our eyes a little bit to other positions that are making an impact on the game. And the thing that bothered me about Cincinnati, they didn't really get blown out, but they weren't. It's like Alabama was dictating that game. To me, watching that, I was like, 
they're reacting to what Alabama is doing. Yeah. They're not enforcing any type of will on I'm like, oh, you're just going to play their game? Like, That's they're, exactly what they're I was about better to say. They're playing game. their game, yeah. And it's like, you're just happy to be there, I guess. Which I'm sure isn't the rhetoric or, you know, what they thought going in. But that's, from an outsider's view in, like, that's what I'm watching. It's like, you're just, no one's creating a play here. No. And like, if you're going to beat a team that's been there a million times and, like, they're supposed to win, you got to do something different. You can't just do what they're doing, like, react to what they're doing and take try to beat them at their game. Take control of the game. Right. Set you got to do it somehow, whether it's trick plays, whether it's blitzing, whether it's, but you can't. You can't play base defense and, like, their running back's a five-star, you know, 230-pound, whatever, behemoth, and just be like, okay, we're going to gang tackle you and uh, we're going to win that way. It's like, how are you going to win just on a basic game plan? Look, I have... I don't get that. I have very minimal coaching experience, especially. I'm not, like... zero. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not, like, at a higher level. I mean, I've coached high school football, but I've coached in top games. And I always told, like... Going into things, my th- my opinion was we have to set the pace of the game. Exactly. Because if we start fucking around with what they're doing, we're going to lose. So as an offensive line coach, my big thing was we need to set the pace. If you set the pace of the game, everyone else has to react. Whatever they're doing, it doesn't matter. And I, I appreciate you bringing that up because while I was watching that game, that's exactly how I felt. I felt like Alabama was just kind of like, you know what, guys? We've been here. We know what we're doing, which is a... They know what they're doing. Correct. But for Cincinnati, I think – I don't want to say they got out coached. I think they got out game planned. Mm-hmm. And I think that hinders a lot of play, a lot of teams. Is I think there's a huge – you know, going up against Alabama, there's a huge just like, fuck, this is Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of their – their whole team could play in the NFL. Right. And, and But – Everyone knows that. Everyone knows right. that, which, which is – you know what's funny is everyone knows that, so it's become this common – comment so it's like cool right. we're done with that boom out of <laughs> out of my mind thank you but again i i think uh you know you have to compete and to compete you have to play your game and you need the other team to react and i i didn't feel like that was happening with cincinnati and i i i appreciate what you brought up i just think they were kind of like eh, what's yeah okay let's, let's read it it's yeah. like by that time they're already past you're you. fucking late if man. you're that four seed, so they're the four seed. Alabama's the one seed. I'm, I'm just thinking, take more risk. Whether it's defensively, like I said, blitzing, or, you know, jumping a route. Like, yeah, you might get beat, but it's like you have to take those risks. Cause what if you don't get beat? What if you're there on that play and now you made a huge play for your team? You and then to, it elevates right, everything. You have to create those plays though, so yeah. that Alabama goes, oh shit, like they're reading some stuff. Whether you're just going for it or whatever, but then they have to react. I don't think there was a moment in that game where they were like, all right, we have to switch what we are to come into this game knowing what we were doing. But again, that kind of falls back on what I said earlier is that comes from a coach's game plan. Right. Saying like, hey, man, if it's there, jump on it. Yeah. Rather than like, if it's there, make your read and go make the tackle, you know. And what's, and I'm, con- I'm, you know. what's confusing is like, it's supposed to be the top four teams in college football, so you would think there's not that much disparity. But Alabama, like I'm saying, dominated Cincinnati and Georgia. Holy shit. Literally just dominated the shit out of Michigan. But it was just 27 until like the third quarter. It wasn't even a game. I mean, they got completely manhandled domination. And and whether it's you're just shell-shocked, like if Georgia comes out hot and you're like, damn, this defense is real. And it's like that type of human 
nature to kind of quit. Um, not quit, but like you know, it's a fight or flight thing when you get punched in the mouth in a football game. It's like we're either gonna fight right back or we're gonna get our ass beat. There's no in between. Like that's the beauty of football. So, what I will say is I'm looking forward to Alabama Georgia part two because those two teams are not going to back down from each other. They're going to risk a lot of shit. 16 was their last, right? Yeah, but I'm saying from uh, the SEC championship oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Alabama won. But, like, those two teams are meant for each other. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to – that's going to be a close game, and it's going to be a war, and there's going to be a lot of hitting, and there's going to be a lot of just fierce play. And yeah. that is what it's all about is go in there, guns blazing, and see what happens. You know, don't wait for – Alabama's running back Robinson was running through Cincinnati guys like meet him head up and see what's good you know like if that's I'm I'm not the biggest guy in the world but that was my mentality playing defense I mean I'm going at you and if if it doesn't work out then fine but you're at least gonna know I'm coming yeah I agree I agree I think I think I, I I think Michigan just I don't know yeah I don't know but let's let's dive into the other time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Hurt, Herb, what's his name? Kurt, Hurt? Kirk? Kirk. Kirk Herb Street. <laughs> Kirk Herb Street. I think I call him Kurd one time, but it doesn't matter. He made a comment over this weekend because, you know, as you start pushing into the NFL, or excuse me, end of the college season, draft is coming up. I mean, these football players are trying to make their now position into the NFL to right. make a living for themselves. And he made a comment, and again, I'm, I'm not saying it verbatim, but he said that, you know, kids who are opting out of continue, or playing in a playoff game to go into the NFL draft don't love football. And I think there is some weight there, but I don't, I think the way he worded that was a little fucked in a sense of, I think they are looking out for their future. Yeah. And you've gone this far. Does it make or break the playoff? It shouldn't. I think if you're an exceptional player like, and you want to get into the NFL and you get hurt in a playoff game, your stock just went from 10 to 0 mm-hmm. in right. one play. And as we've talked about, NFL is a young man's game. And if you are hurt early on in your career, that could dictate your career. If you stay healthy, I mean, that can... That can push you through into the NFL opportunity. And I think uh, personal opinion, I, I, as a football fan, I always want to see the best players on the field in a playoff game. But as a football fan, I understand the decision that they're making. Like if I had the opportunity, if it was, Hey, you can play in this playoff game. I think if it's for a national championship, I'm going to try and play in it. Oh, for sure. But I'm, and I think that's different than like the Frisco Bowl. Yeah, I'm not going to play in the fucking PlayStation yeah. Bowl. I'm going to go to my coach <laughs> and say, look, I have an opportunity here to make my career. Yeah. I'm, I'm opting out of the game. I'm giving you well, no, well enough notice. And it's not like this guy hasn't been practicing with us. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 it I, might be like an egotistical comment that I just made, but like. No, I don't think so. Because. Look, any one of us, anyone in the world yeah. that had the opportunity to make $50 million right now by just going to the draft yeah. would say, I'm not going to play. Exactly. And that's like, I, I hate the comment actually by Herb Street because it's like, you played college football. 
you I don't know if you played pro or not, but he was an Ohio State quarterback. So it's like you were a player at that level, though. So like you understand the mindset, especially if a lot of these guys who don't are like football is their way out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like if you're on the brink of making it, and you see it, and like that's and you know let's say you're top your first round pick, like there's so much money that's right in front of you. I don't have a problem with opting out of a bowl game because a you're preparing. Game, you're dude. preparing for whatever and i think people like doc or like my dad would be like no you gotta play the game it's like i to a degree like i understand the mentality of like you're with your team and you finish it out but there's also like you said if if someone comes to you and says hey you gotta take this job at geico here's 50 million dollars guess what you leave your job in a second and you go take that 50 million dollars and i think i think what actually is kind of Pushing what we're saying is money has grown so much in the NFL that when Herb Street was playing, what was his signing bonus, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not knocking anyone that's gotten, you know, first-round draft pick money early on in the, in the NFL. Like, I'm not knocking that. But what you have to understand is I think money has become, again, money's become a large part of it. But the amount of money that you are willing yeah, to get. I mean, it's generational wealth, number one. So if yeah. you if you don't if you come from a family that isn't wealthy or like they don't have that setup or you come from a poor neighborhood, I mean you're changing generations of your family's lives right there. So that's one situation where it's an no, absolute no brainer. Yeah. Um, I mean I think who is anyone to say to anyone like you should do this because of that? It should it's one it's my indi- life. Yeah, it's one individual's decision based on their ability to play something that could fuel them for you know five years ten years three years and it's up to you to decide what you want to do like i I hate that there's a blanket statement like herb street who's like oh no they everyone should do it this way it's like who are you to say that you are an espn analyst like you're set up for life you're fine dude you have no idea like what anyone else's situation is like i know if you and i were on a team and one of us were like you know whatever like saying hey you know what i'm I'm not playing. I'm opting to go to the draft. And in my mind, I would probably be like, well, fuck, I don't get to play with Rick. But, dude, you have an opportunity to get to the NFL. Yeah. Good luck. God bless you. And thank you for what you've done for our team. Right. Like, dude, I don't know. I think Maybe it's a generational thing, too. But that's what I'm saying. Like, with money, like, contracts have grown so much. Like, if you're... I'm, I'm saying, like... Dudes like us, we're 28, 27. Like, we're thinking about it a specific way. People like Herb Street and above are like, they have this thought process on team and football and, hey, money is not everything, which but, is true. But that's what I'm saying yeah. is like that, that and <laughs> this is going to sound stupid, but like the that older generation, because money wasn't so much a part of, of getting yeah. out of the game. Like they just, that, I'm not saying love of the game has died. But I think right. the love of the game has pivoted a certain way. It's pivoted into more of a business where it used to just be one side always being the business model. Yes. Which was the NCAA, you know, you can't make money off your own autograph. People like yeah. that. Where yeah. it's like, we'll keep all the money over here. You just play the game because you're an amateur. Yes. Air quotes. I mean, it's just, I think people's eyes are open more to like what it is. And like, once you get to the league too, you're expendable. You know what I mean? Like you can get traded at the drop of a hat. It's traded, not, it's cut, not like injured, this, yeah, everything. They can do whatever they want to you once you're in their system. So, 
if you can take something for yourself, then I mean, might as well start now. I can tell you this: if I'm in if, versus, if I'm in that situation and I chose to go to the draft, I'd rather get injured on a team in the NFL that's going to pay for my way right. rather than on a college team yeah. in the fucking Cheeto Bowl. Right, and to that point, I mean. The old Miss quarterback came out and said what everybody... I thought it was an awesome answer. What every guy like Herbsheet would want you to say. Like, no, I'm going to play this game. First round pick projection, which he still might be. Uh, came out and he said, no, I'm going to... I'm not skipping the bowl game because I love my teammates. I, I wouldn't be there without him. Uh-huh. And I love that. But then he gets hurt in the game and, like... I think you said it wasn't a serious injury. Yeah, I, I don't. Think. I haven't looked into it, but from what, but like what they've said is it's not a serious injury right. in it. And this is what kills me: it won't affect his draft. Like it's no, oh yeah, it won't. Sure. That, but 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 guess what? They'll be focused on once he starts doing his all fucking his rounds, ankle or knee like, or whatever an the ankle fuck it is. So it's like because he played in that game, and he risked his entire future in the NFL based on this blanket, you know, check that we're talking about. Yeah. So, and he's trying to do the right thing, you know, like just shit happens. Everyone makes their contact. own decisions. Yeah. That's right. Everyone should make their own decision. I loved his decision, but then he gets hurt in the game and it's like, well, shit. Now I Maybe feel he bad. shouldn't have done it. No, yeah. I agree. Ego kid making his dream, yeah, which is absolutely. badass. And fellow Don. Shout yeah, out. of course. Of course. Um, but in this episode, we went over the NFL in depth. Oh yeah. Antonio Brown is shirtless and no one knows why. <laughs> yeah. But he's calling reasons. Ubers in the tunnel and look, he's out. He's yeah. out the game. Mm-hmm. Uh we went to a lot of stuff. I mean Packers, Rams, Bucks, MVP race. MVP race. Baker sucks. I'll say it. There you go. There you go. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> um Want to touch on the, the Bengals, shout to the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mr. Madden, John Madden passing away. That was a huge football lost a you know pioneer in the game and a guy that loved the offensive line. I'm gonna and say it. <laughs> I'm gonna say it, and he I did love and the that's why line. ever since and he understood football, he understood to the football highest degree. Yes, and those Madden video games brought a lot of memories and friendships together too. Oh yeah, and I played that forever since Mike Vick, oh four baby. Um, oh, yeah, I played then, even earlier than that actually. I uh, smoked you. You would have kicked my ass. I'm not good at... <laughs> look, I'll tell you this. I'm not good at Madden, but I love Madden. Yeah, no, it's an awesome And game. I love the And it will too. continue forever. I mean, that's exactly. the type of legacy and person he was. It's, you know, generational type mm-hmm. of guy. Yeah. Um, and if you didn't see the documentary on Fox, Madden, it was unreal. Especially for kids our age who didn't get to see the old John Madden and knew him through Monday Night Football. It was awesome to see how he was as a coach. I and, and watch him watch it. So, again, football history, things like that. That's huge with yeah. me. My dad got me into that very early in my life, and I've learned a lot about John Madden. And to watch that interview, or excuse me, that documentary, what that did was put his staple on what he did for the NFL into a brighter light. And for me, I've always been a John Madden fan ever since my dad started talking about what he did for the NFL and, you know, his Super Bowl rings and just, it just, it was done in such a way that it was such a compliment to the man, but also to the people around him that he affected. It just, it it was, it was exceptional. I've, (laughs) I've watched old videos of their game, like Raider games that he's coached and it just, 
it's great to see that man and i'm it's a somber moment for the nfl i was very cool that every team took a moment to recognize him on sunday which you know i i think the nfl needs to you know the i don't know make the coach award him like the nfl coach award needs to be john madden the john madden award or, or something like that i think he needs he made an impact on the nfl and i think you know just and I think it will be represented, but very well said. Yeah. Very well said. Um, and then lastly, just covered the semifinals. Very disappointed in Cincinnati and Michigan for allowing the SEC to continue their dominance. However, very excited for Alabama-Georgia. So that's right. So you get a little bit of both. Disappointment and yet excitement. <laughs> and that's what you get when you can just have opinions on whatever oh, you want. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> but uh, get anything for the people. Yeah, get on our uh, Instagram page, uh, underscore sports banter. Uh, on our Instagram page, you will also get into our bio that has our link tree that connects you to our blog, our all of our streaming services, so where you can hear our podcast. And, you know, just continue to interact with the page. We're coming in hot for season two. We want to do more Woo! shit. So, yeah. um, you know, again, season two, we're learning. We want to understand what you guys want out of us, out of a podcast that's built around sports and a great friendship with sports so any opinions to that like we are open to it we we love it man thank you guys for the exceptional love that's what we love i love that i love that for season two episode two sports banter out Out.